Welcome to the Work in Progress podcast. I'm your host, AJ Bove, and this is the podcast where I talk about the work I have in progress and what's been going on recently. It's been a while since we talked. Last time we talked, I think I told you about the Tampa AM. What has been happening since then? I got to be honest, I haven't been lifting. Um, you know, just a trip like that. And then Thanksgiving right after it, I just, it, it got me off the tracks and, and the train kept going. So I'm kind of, uh, you know, not been doing that, but I've been doing other stuff. Um, for Odorex, you know, like I said, we've been just trying to wrap up things for the year and get things set up in a situation where in the future they'll be able to grow and expand, um, you know, with room to, to, to keep track of data so we can make quick decisions on it. And looking at, let me pull it up here real quick, looking at the report, because we had a meeting yesterday, last night, and the first thing I started with was our financial recap of November. Now, I get that it's, you know, today's the 15th of December and November ended quite some time ago, but looking at some of this this data, you know, it took me a little bit to configure this, and the good thing is moving forward, we'll be able to utilize this, um, you know, as soon as the month is over, right? So I'll be able to have November, uh, December's report like January 3rd, you know what I mean? I'll be able to get it real quick. Um, so, you know, we looked at the sales versus the samples, um, and, you know, looking at our revenue per single unit sold versus our revenue for the three packs. And um, and then using that to to see, it, you know, obviously the total revenue per product line, but then how many units went out per product line, um, you know, whether it was a single or a three pack. And then that gives us our average sale price and then what percent that is of MSRP. And that's the important thing there, because if we're selling the gloves, you know, we want to know if how much we're really getting right because um you know with that money coming in it's i don't know you, you have these numbers there's a lot of fees and a lot of different things in place whenever you're you're selling online right so there's our product goes out it's listed for 24.99 so i'll give you you know I'll give you the information here we um our average sale price was $20.88 which is a little bit skewed. I have to make a few adjusting journal entries at the end of the year to account for a few expense categories, but these are what those expense categories are. So with a lot of the orders, um, we would get an order for, I was like 22 something, 22, 25 or 23, 20, something like that, because a lot of our sales recently came from the US Lax Mag advertisement and there was a discount code in there. So people were using the Lax code. So now we go from 24, 99 let me let's let's whip out the calc real quick you go from 24.99 to uh, it's like 85 percent of it because we had a 15 percent discount oh man i screwed that math up screwed it up real bad times 0.85 so yeah then it goes to 21.24 so that's what would hit our stripe account stripe is our payment processor so it would hold that money and then i think it took it, it takes some like weird percentage it's like a percentage plus 10 cents or percentage plus some amount um i I don't remember i just know a lot of the uh money that came in for like single orders i think it takes about a dollar off because i I remember a lot of the a lot of like the stuff that stripe would send to our bank account was if it was like a one sometimes like stripe they send stuff like every so so many days i don't know what their what their method with it is what their routine is but every once in a while when we'd sell one glove, we would get that one amount of revenue deposited and it would come in as $20 and 23 cents. 
um, or 2032 or something like that. So now you start to see like, oh, okay, there's the discount expense. There is the Stripe expense. Um, if it goes through PayPal, then PayPal takes an expense as well. So those specifically PayPal and Stripe are like the two uh, and, and I suppose also the discount expense, well, those three will be like the big three accounts accounts that I will be adding to our, our bookkeeping at the end of the year. And I'll also be making an adjusting journal entry to kind of clean things up because it just gives us a more accurate description and a more accurate picture. Like if we say our sales, let's just use round numbers. If they're $1,000, but we really have $300 in discount expense, well, then our revenue is really 1300 So you know, and in, depending on certain quantities, like that could be a big difference. So that's something that we haven't seen too much of in the past with Odorex. And now that we're starting to get some more activity, uh, those are the things that we're, that we're starting to do. Because for a while there, I mean, geez, like for the, from like January this year to like, <laughs> like, like October, like the beginning, mid, midway of October, like we didn't have to really do anything with our accounts. Like we, we just had the same accounts, same expense accounts, all the same revenue, same, all that. Everything was pretty much the same. And, um, and we pretty much made the same, you know, five or six journal entries a month. And, uh, you know, it was that because like we weren't spending a lot of money. We were just keeping on, keeping on, getting everything ready to go, making sure our partnerships are in place, all that stuff. And, um, you know, there just wasn't a lot of activity. And I look back at, you know, to talk to you guys about hand sanitizer for a sec here. Originally, the plan at Iton for hand sanitizer for the Cerberus safety products was, and this happened, we're going to make the hand sanitizer its own company. And then it'll like stand on its own and have its own books. Uh, you know, we'll do it on QuickBooks. I, AJ, me, I was going to manage that because I know how QuickBooks works. Obviously, that's what we use for, for uh, Odorex. And um, the thing is is my accounting for the hand sanitizer was so screwed up and like I never knew what to put in what account and, and where to classify things and how to do it because like there was such little activity on there, honestly, for the hand sanitizer that like if someone would buy one or two cases, like I'd have to like relearn every single time how to do the whole QuickBooks thing. But with Odorex, I mean, I'm on QuickBooks probably two times a week at least, you know? So I'm, I'm in there, right? I'm always checking it. I'm, I'm making sure things are, are what they ought to do. I'm being active with it. I'm, I'm staying in practice, you know? I don't know why the practice for Odorex didn't transition to the practice, the activity I was doing for Cerberus. I think just because, like, each company's books are different, but they're not really, I mean, it's still accounting. There's still the basic accounting, you know, accounts and expense accounts and different things like that, but... I don't know. It's just different. That's the the accounting nerd side of my brain that I really like. Um, so we were looking at the difference in revenue per product line. Um, then we were looking at our cost of goods sold. And that's an important thing to note because that's where you get your margin from. And, um, you know, a lot of things kind of cut into that margin, right? So the, um, the discount expense, that's something that probably probably could be considered cost of goods sold. Yeah, I, I'd say so. The Stripe expense, yeah. The um, PayPal, I'm pretty sure those could, I'm actually gonna make a note of that because I'm not too sure. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to talk to my professor about that. CGS discount expense, question mark. All right, that's a good enough note for that. Um, 
you know, because speaking on the cost of goods sold, it's like, well, if we're selling all these gloves, but like, you know, for instance, we had a big marketing expense. We had some advertising, um, you know, that we ran with US, US Lax Mag, and we got a lot of sales from that. So we were looking at our marketing expense, and, and this isn't really cost of goods sold. This is more just regular expense, but looking at the cost to acquire a customer right? Like looking at how many customers we gained, how much money we spent to get those customers. That's our cost to acquire a customer. Right now it's kind of high still, um, you know, but, and it's so high to the point that it's like not even worth looking at because it's, there's not enough data. You know what I mean? Like these are our first, you know, X amount of customers. Um, not, not our first ones, but like, you know, with this ad, it was, you know, it's kind of how we did it with that. It was, it was just early. It was up front. Um, so it's just tough to like make big claims on a lot of that stuff. So that was how we did it with that. Um, and just trying to look at these numbers as a percentage of revenue. And, you know, the cool thing about these numbers is, you know, now that we know what they are, we can look at them and say, oh, why was it this way? Why, you know, for instance, like our, our cost of goods sold this month was a lot lower sorry, our gross margin was a lot lower. So our cost of goods sold was more. We had more expenses associated with selling the product, getting it out the door. And, um, you know, last month we had a much, much, much better margin. And I didn't need that many munches, but it, we had a better margin, you know, and looking at it, the numbers, it's like, oh, well, why is this the case? Well, you look at the one at the month before and it's like, well, you know, we, uh, we sold, a, you know, X amount and, um, and like, and, and we didn't have a ton of shipping expenses because we didn't, you, we didn't burn up our shipping expense. So the way we do it with shipping, and this is all about to change because we might be migrating softwares, but, um, you know, we would pay $50 for $50 worth of stamps, basically postage. And then if we would sell a glove, it would just cut into that allowance, right? If we'd ship it, it would just cut into that 50. So that 50 you don't, it's not like we're paying per, per time, right? It's just like, I see the $50 and then I know that each sale we make digs into that a little bit. And then if we have enough and we have to re up on the, on the postage, then we re up on it. And like, depending when those postage updates, you know, those postage payments fall, you know, like it could make the numbers look one way or another. Um, you know, and, and I suppose that you could talk about like, well, you know, you're using it in this month, you, you know, but in reality, I just do it when it hits the bank account. Um, I know maybe, you know, now that I'm thinking about it out loud, trying to think between like an accrual and cash basis, um, it, it's a tough one to like consider. Cause like, for instance, if we had, um, the marketing expense for, for this advertisement for a little bit there, they weren't charging us, which I think I might, I don't know if I talked to you guys about, but like they, they gave us our, we gave them the credit card. And they put us in the ad and um, we did well with it and we had done what we had done to pay, right? We gave them the information, but they hadn't actually charged us. So like we were still holding on to that money. And um, I was asking my accounting professor, I was like, how do I account for this? Because like, you know, this expense technically is incurred this month, but we might not actually pay it until next month. So it's a cruel basis. So, you know, even though the cash wasn't transferred there in that situation, um, accrual is, you know, it's when it happened, right? Like it's not the cash basis because you get payment terms and things like that. And, you know, things don't always happen immediately, but as long as you know, it needs to happen, it'll, it'll happen. So, you know, that's kind of getting into the nerdy side of me and accounting, but 
with the shipping expense, it's like if you have $50 paid at the end of one month, like on the last day, it's like, do we put that in the next month? Because everything's, but well, what if we do it like a month before? And then we, you know, use a quarter of that $50 for one month and, you know, 75% of it in the next. And it's like, it's just easier to do it when the expense comes across the table, you know? So, um, so that's, you know, so in the, the thing is with these numbers, that's the type of data that we need to look at what's actually happening, right? The telltale signs of like, oh, look, we, um, most of our, most of where we're losing money on revenue is coming from like a highest percentage of where we're losing money on revenue is coming from discount expense or shipping expense or the landed cost or whatever it needs to be. And, and right now it is the landed cost, which is the heavy cost of goods sold. That's the big driver in it. It's probably about, you know, three fourths of our, of our cost, you know, our shipping expenses aren't horrible. Um, and you know, it's, uh, and you get that because of, of quantities of scale and uh, things like that. You know, we ordered a 1,000 gloves this first time through. So we just didn't know what we were doing, didn't know what we were getting into. So that's just what we're paying on it. And, um, you know, so if once we get more quantity, once we get, you know, more customers, things like that, then that cost will go way down. And then our margins will increase and then we'll be able to do more stuff. So that is kind of what I've been thinking about a lot with, with respect to Odorex recently is just, you know, trying to get some of those systems in place. Um, and that's kind of what I was talking to you guys about in recent episodes. Um, I was worried about our inventory because we've been selling gloves like hotcakes this past month and a half, past probably eight weeks, nine weeks now. And uh, I was worried that we we're going to run out of gloves. And it's like, if we run out of gloves, then we can't do anything. That's like our thing. <laughs> that's our whole, it's our whole thing, right? We can't do it if we don't do that. So, um, but I'm happy to see that we still have a majority of the gloves left. Um, you know, we're trying to get investment. So we had a, a meeting last night on some stuff, talked about some plans for the investment. And, you know, I'm kind of actively moving forward and getting some meetings together and, you know, working together as a team to get um, the present, the, the presentables squared away as far as the slide deck and the financials and things like that. Um, I'm actually going to work on that a little bit after this podcast. Um, so, you know, that's what's been going on with that. Um, we actually, big news, uh, we changed our logo. Um, we didn't, publicly announce anything yet or like do a whole rebrand but we did change our logo uh, we decided on what it's going to be last night I like it it's not too far off from what we currently have as a whole logo mark like a whole a whole yeah a whole logo I think the whole logo is is pretty much similar still the big difference is in the icon the actual image depiction that we have um, the word mark is kind of staying the same which was important for me to, um, to, to get across in the meeting last night. It's interesting, like, you know, what different people, because we're perceiving art, right? And it's like when we're trying to take something that is, you know, objectively subjective, right? It's art, it's a logo, it's a design, it's something that makes you feel a certain way. You know, things can get awfully muddied um, because you're talking, you're trying to express like emotions and thoughts and ideas. And it's, you don't want to be offensive either, um, to other people's opinions and ideas. Um, so it was, and, and nothing was contesting, like, or cont you know, contested, or nothing was like testy last night. Not, no one was getting on anyone's nerves, but we were just communicating, um, about this, you know, because it's important, the image of our brand, the image of our company. And, um, you know, we, we ended up landing on something that I think we're all we're all pretty happy with. And it's um, it's it's a change because we just haven't really had a lot of positive feedback on the skunk, unfortunately. Um, 
you know, I mean, I, I don't even know if you know it's a skunk when I'm telling you this right now. Like, if you go on our website, uh, actually, our website doesn't really have too much of it, but if you go on our Instagram, or if you even look up Odorex Athletics, like, you look it up, there's the logo, it's green, and then there's, like, a horse, skunk, animal, something to the as a part of it. And the whole thing is it's a skunk. I mean, originally, our very first logo was a little skunk that was freaking adorable. And uh, he had these little green hands on, and it was, like, skunk with a big head little body big tail it was adorable but we ended up changing that just because it kind of seemed a little bit too childish um and then we went to this and it's a little bit more of a sleek tough logo um you know with the the skunk but showing it to people no one really seemed to understand what it is um they kind of look at it and they're like oh i don't really it doesn't really resonate i don't get it and you know we just kind of discussed like marcus had a great analogy with it you know in soccer the way that some coaches have a philosophy is like your goalkeeper, and I can relate to this because I'm a goalkeeper, um, your goalkeeper shouldn't be the person that wins you the game, but they also should not be the person that loses you the game. Like they should just be the person to just keep you in it. Like all you need in a good goalkeeper, you don't need to make any spectacular saves. Like, you know, if the defense does their job, the goalie should just be making routine saves anyways. Um, but at the same time, you don't want those routine saves to, to become goals, right? So with the, with the logo, it's the same thing. It's like, Hey, we don't need to earn a sale because someone likes our logo. Like that's not how we want our product to sell itself because it's a good product. Um, but at the same time, if someone looks at our product, they look at the name, they look at everything with it and they see that element of our representation that is our brand. And they say, "Ah, I don't really get that. Like, this is all cool, but that logo is kind of. I don't, I don't like that logo on there because the logo is on our glove. It's on the product. Um, you know, we don't want someone to be turned off by that. So we changed it. And, um, and you know, and that's good. And now we have a little bit, it's just a, it's just a more basic, um, more basic logo that is just kind of there. I don't think it's, I think it'll be well and it'll be good. It'll be something that we can definitely leverage, um, to help with brand, branding and brand reputation all that sort of stuff it'll do well as a as a as a brand logo but it's just you know it's it's a, it's just a little bit more simple and i think that simplicity um is good in this situation so um other stuff with odorex i'm just looking at all the notes here and that's why i'm kind of going on about odorex because we just had a meeting last night um but i guess i am at 18 and a half minutes here so i'll talk about ramp armor what's up with ramp armor we um are you know kind of in this cold dark time of year called winter and uh up here in the northeast not many people are buying ramps so it's tough i'll tell you that it's been tough but i am to the point where i'm just kind of trying to similarly to odorex um, get things in a, in a position to expand in the future and um and it's not even right now being in a position to expand because iton our parent company has the facilities in place to expand and move product. You know, it's not like with Odorex where we're storing the gloves in Mike's basement right now and he's sending them out when he comes home on the weekends or his wife will send them out for us. Thank you, Kate. Um, like we have all that stuff in place for ramp armor. Like we have shipping, we have, you know, storage, we have machine, like we have all that stuff. 
Um, but I'm trying to develop the pipeline to get more sales. Um, and it's knowing people. And I built a big old spreadsheet of all the people that I that I met and know in the industry. And it's over 100 people. Um, it's growing. And basically, you know, everyone, I have like the name, their email address, their phone number. Uh, you know, the thing that I wish I would have had whenever I started with Ramp Armor, because you know, it, it just is like a good place to have that data and you have a note of like, oh, I, this is the last time I talked to this person and you can kind of, I can kind of look down through that list and say, oh, it's been a while since I've talked to this person. Let's see what's up with them. You know, and that I think is how you kind of stay on someone's mind, right? Like if you're talking to them like every month or every two, three months or every six months, whatever your frequency is, and it's different person to person. I mean, some people are hard to get a hold of and you don't want to be bugging them every week. Other people, they love to talk. They love to just get ideas out there and, you know, I love to hear it. So there's different, um, you know, different strokes for different folks. And uh, so I'm just getting that set up in a, in a place where I can, um, you know, be effective with it. And I've also been um, looking a lot, I've been on a real accounting kick recently. I've been thinking a lot about um, our cost for the sheets and, um, you know, if it's if it's a competitive cost because, you know, looking at some of the, the information that I've heard through the grapevine about the other companies and other builders and things like that, um, you know, sometimes I feel like we're in a position where we can't really do too much. Um, you know, in certain respects, on certain levels of competition, um, but you know, we we certainly can. Like, I'm not, you know, I just think that sometimes in certain situations, overall, you know, there's really nothing holding us back. So, which is why I've been making the list and I've been calling people and, and all that stuff. But it had me digging down into the accounting and the uh, the and when we make it a manufacturing company. Um, the, the method of accounting is cost accounting or managerial accounting. Um, some people might even call it operational accounting. Um, you know, for Odorex, it's different because we, we buy the product and that's it. So we know what it costs us. We know how much we spent to get it here and we know how many we have. So we just take the cost it got to get here to how many we have. And that's our landed cost. What is the cost for this thing to land at our, at our doorstep? And that doesn't include our shipping to customers. doesn't include our you know, that, that other stuff that goes into cost of goods sold. But anyway, in an account, in a manufacturing company, it's different because you have raw materials, work in progress and finished goods. And, you know, for, for ramp armor, for instance, there are two separate, and this is for a lot of, you know, pretty much anything that's manufactured. There's the direct labor costs those are the people that are physically making the product so for ramp armor those are the people that operate the press those are the people that um you know lay the sheets up those are the people that do the resin like those are the people that are physically directly laboring on the product then there's all the material costs the raw materials so how much does the the resin cost how much does the you know all, all that stuff the paper and you know all that the raw materials. So those are like the two main direct costs, the raw materials and the direct labor. But then there's overhead. And overhead is like everything else. You know, at our manufacturing company, we have the people that are out there making stuff, the direct labor, and then we have the office. We have the lights, we have the water bill, we have the Wi-Fi, you know, all that. All that goes into overhead. And the question <laughs> is... You know, when you make so many different products and have so many different product lines, how is the best way to allocate that 
big expense of overhead because there's a lot of it. And, you know, you can, you know, the answer that I got from my old accounting professor is, well, you can kind of do it however you want to do it. Like however you, and, and not in the sense that it's, you can be reckless and irresponsible and paint things to look like whatever. But, you know, you can honestly say like, well, you know, like he's a farmer, my old, my old accounting professor, shout out to Jesse Ligo. He's the man. Um, you know, he's a farmer, he has a farm, he has, you know, all sorts of crops and things like that. And, you know, there's all different ways that he could allocate his overhead, you know, I mean, he could allocate it by acreage, you know, and if he has, let's just say 10 acres, he has more than that, but let's just say he has 10, you know, and five of them go to hay, three of them go to corn and two of them go to soybeans. Like, well, it would be very easy to say, all right, well, 50% goes to this, 30% goes to this, 20% goes to this, and that's that. Um, but you know, you got to look at what that results in, honestly, because maybe the margins that you make on corn aren't what they were, you know, aren't the same as, as the other one. And, and you could say like, well, why does it matter? Like it all washes out at the end, right? Like they all have to take the expense somewhere and you're right. But when you're managing a company, whether it be Odorex or Ramp Armor or Iton or whatever, you know, you have to make decisions on on what to do first, what to prioritize, what to price things at. Like you need to have a good idea of what the actual costs are. And um, and I've been kind of thinking about how we do it at Iton and and I'm not sure I have a clear picture of it yet. Of it yet. I've talked to a few people, um, conversations have helped a little bit. Um, but you know, we're thinking about it, we're learning, we're trying to figure it out, I'm trying to figure it out. So. That is uh, something I enjoy thinking about because I'm a former accounting major. And uh, I mean, other than that, like I'm looking at some posts here. Uh, we put a post up of of a kid skateboarding, you know, five-year-old kid learning some, some backside 180s, falling down a few times, but picking himself up and getting after it like a good freaking skateboarder, right? I mean, like you... Like, listen, I haven't been skating that long, like three or four months. I haven't taken that many hard falls. If I did, I was probably wearing pads. But, like, you fall and you get up and, and this video is sick. I mean, he's he's five years old and he's doing these these tricks. And, like, you can see at the end of it, he's, like, thrilled. He starts doing a little happy dance. I'm like, damn, dude, like, that's sick. Like, he is, is developing as a human being. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's getting confidence in himself. He's skateboarding. He's having fun with his family. Like this is a like a, such a wholesome post, you know, and uh, and we got a guy. What does this have to do with ramp armor? It's like, all right, man. Like, uh, uh, good question. <laughs> you know what I mean? Good question. Like, it's skateboarding, dude. I, I don't know. What does anything have to do with anything? Um, so you know, it's just a funny. You know, people were funny, but uh, and I don't think that person that commented meant anything by it. He was probably just goofing around, but. Um, but that's, what's been going on, you know, um, with that, I mean, I've just been trying to call people and, and set stuff up and meet people. And I've been sending out samples to everyone, um, you know, to builders and, you know, potential builders and potential customers. And I don't know if I talked about it last time or not, but we kind of have some, some processes in place now, um, you know, with, with the, the sales method, which is really good for me because now I feel like I have a funnel that I can work through. Um, you know, with like the, the parks, for instance, you know, I, I can't remember if I talked about this or not last time. I know it's been a while, so I apologize. And, and I do have plans to really level up the podcast in 2022. I want you to know it's going to be videoed. 
and it's gonna be more consistent because I'm, I'm moving. I'm actually moving my apartment, not, not moving the apartment physically, but I'm moving to a new apartment much closer to work and I'll have a lot more time in the evenings to, to do things that I really wanna prioritize, things that I wanna focus on, like the podcast. So big things are coming. And uh, right, isn't that what everyone says? Big things coming, freaking stay tuned. Um, but anyway, back to what I was saying, um, what was I saying? Uh, yeah, we have this process now because I can, you know, with the, the parks, for instance, like they get these samples from us that are like four by four squares. And then I'm like, all right, cool. You got them. You like them. You ready to buy? And they're like, whoa, no. So now we can send them a few sheets for them to, to practice on and, and just see how they perform over like a three or four month period. And then, you know, from there we can, uh, you know, hopefully cash in on a sale. So because then, you know, it's like you're already in there, right? You, you already have like two or three sheets on their floor. So it's like, well, if we don't replace them, they'll it'll look kind of weird. And, you know, like we might as well just make it clean. So that's exciting. And then with the, the potential builders, I've been really trying to beef up what I provide to them because I understand that they're trying to provide something to an end customer, right? I mean, if they're building for someone in their backyard and, and it's like, well, hey, what do you want? It's like, well, how am I supposed to decide what I want if I don't have any anything to make a decision off of? It's like, well, instead of just handing them three three squares that look like coasters, let's give them a pamphlet. Let's give them uh, the, the product. Let's label it. Let's, you know, give them a link to the website. Let's give them some stuff that they can kind of can think about and, and mess around with. And that will hopefully help them become more acquainted with the product and feel more comfortable about a purchase instead of blindly choosing. Because right now, if someone's blindly choosing, we are not the one that's getting chose. We are the middle child. And, you know, on price, they're either going to go with the budget option or they're going to go with the big name brand guy. And, and you know, so we're losing that battle, right? So I'm trying to do what we can do um, to, to improve that a little bit. And in fact, the, the guy who who brought this to my attention, he's a builder, a potential customer of ours. And I, you know, I called him after I sent him the initial samples, like way back when they were lousy and I just sent the squares and he's like, yeah, I mean, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with these, you know? And I'm like, oh crap, like I got to level that up. Well, let's get that better. So I sent him a now leveled up stack of packages. I gave him some more samples that he can leave with customers. I gave him pamphlets. I gave him business cards. I gave him, I gave him, you know, a pair of socks, a shirt, a nice bag. Like, you know, that's like our, our standard thing that we send out and, and uh, I called him to see if he got it, you know, like, hey, man, like I, I made good on my promise to, to increase the value that I'm providing you. And, you know, I, I hate how robotic that sounded. But like, it, you know, we talked about this like on the phone. You told me that my samples were shitty and now I'm sending you something that's clearly I'm putting a little bit more effort into. I'd love to get your thoughts on it. But he hasn't answered me. So that's, you know, just part of the game. Unfortunately, um, that's a lead that I would love to to be you know, a part of the, the thing that's kind of tricky with, um, just people in general, you know, is like, and this is like me learning sales and getting better at sales and just being a, a personable person is like, you kind of learn how different people operate, you know, like these builders, they're out on these jobs working long days sometimes. Um, and you know, they, they might not be able to talk at all during the day and maybe you catch them on their way home and, you know, well, then, you, then you catch them at home at night and they're exhausted, so they're not going to answer. And it's just like, it's tough, right? Then you call them on the weekend. It's like, what, well, I want to call them on the weekend. Are they going to be busy? It's So it's like a lot of a lot of questions and each person's a little bit different. You know, some people answer the phone every single time, no matter what. And, um, you know, it's so everyone's kind of different and you, there's like a feeling out process. And unfortunately, during that feeling out process, 
not many sales are made. Um, so it's tough a little bit, but, uh, but you know, things are getting better. Things are headed in the right direction. I mean, our expenses are down. I know that's unfortunate because, you know, we're losing, you know, JP's, uh, time a little bit and that hurts cause it kind of slows down our social media momentum. Um, as well as for me to just have someone to talk to on a regular basis about it. But, um, you know, things are moving forward with, with the things that are in my control, um, as far as talking to people and, and trying to just, you know, send things out and, and provide things to people. We have a conversation, um, coming up with skate park of Tampa, um, about potentially working with them for future competitions and things like that. I've been trying to think about that, um, and what we want out of that agreement. Um, and then what we can also provide in that agreement, thinking what does the skate park of Tampa want out of us and what are we able to give and for how long. And, um, you know, I got to be honest, I'm pushing for a long deal. I'm pushing for a long term deal. I mean, I kind of equate our partnership with skate park of Tampa as our partnership with three ice for Odorex. I mean, it's just like such an important thing to have a big name in the industry, have your back, you know, and support you. Um, cause it kind of speaks for itself, you know, so it's something that I'm really keen on continuing. And those guys down there, the guys and girls down at Tampa are incredible. And I want to keep working with them as well. I have so much fun when I go down there and, you know, I just, I really now, like I really feel at home down there. <laughs> so for us to, you know, not be able to be a part of that is not a thought I like to think about. So um, I'm definitely got to be over 30 minutes here. I've been yapping, grabbing. Oh, 33, 10, 11, 12. Look at that. Look at that. Who knows, man? I start talking about accounting and I just go on and on and on and on. So, uh, so thank you for listening. Uh, like I said, check out for the new Odorex logo coming in the next few weeks, probably after the new year. And check out Ramp Armor and go check out Cerberus Safety Products for some ham sanitizer. And, uh, and then, you know, the podcast uh, is, is, is there's a light at the end of the tunnel. If you've been listening so far to the episodes, I really appreciate it. I seriously do. I mean, I see the little bit of growth that I've had and that's gives me hope for the future. So I plan on leveling it up, getting more content out there in more places, uh, and also improving the level of content. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for supporting. And I'll talk to you guys when I talk to you guys next time. See you.